I can't control God. It's a risk you take, you know? I can't control the wind yeah. or God. So then it's, five seconds then I will call out the tour director, but I'm just saying that if the wind blows, there's nothing I can do about that. I can't control God. Talk to him. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Body Serve. I'm Jonathan. I'm James. This is your 2023 French Open preview. I tell you what I've been doing. I just worked a night shift, came home, shoved some food down my throat, and now I'm mm -hmm. <laughs> recording at 10.40 p.m. Some of y'all have been gallivanting all over Paris, <laughs> palavering. I see. At Beyonce. Wow. There are a bunch of tennis Twitter people seeing Beyonce in Paris. Serena is there as well. We're going to see her in Toronto, uh, but I, I still feel a lot of FOMO about this. I feel like it's Paris. Maybe we're just not in that tax bracket to be able to think of, well, there's somebody playing a global world concert tour. Which city in the world do we want to see it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe the tickets were cheaper. Well, probably in Stockholm, but not, not in Paris. Right, but it did not even occur to us. Mm-hmm. But this is a, always a tough turnaround because Roland Garros is the only major that starts on Sunday. Although Australia technically starts on Sunday for us. It's going to be a tight stretch period because we have minimum three episodes for the French Open to record. And you know some fresh bullshit always happens. So there's room for a fourth. And then we have to record some kind of episode to drop while we are away. Because in a little over two weeks, we're going to be in Europe. Yeah. We're leaving two days after the tournament ends. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, that Monday before we go, I'll have time to do stuff. But we'll, we'll probably be recording that day. Mm -hmm. Of note, tennis-wise, we'll be in Berlin for a few days. If you're yes. a listener of the show and want to say hi, reach out for sure. We'll be sampling the grass court tournament there. It'll be our first ever grass court tennis experience. Mm hmm Let's get into it. Roland Garros starts very soon. Let's talk about the women's side first. Go through the winners of the lead-up tournaments. There were only seven clay tournaments so far this season, compared to 15 for the men. How are you going to accurately convey to the listeners the, the frown emoji that you wrote on the agenda <laughs> beside that It's just, note? it's depressing, right? When you see how, how few opportunities there are to play, on the, the main tour level. There were no players with multiple titles this year, unlike last year. We had Jabour winning Charleston, Tatiana Maria defending her title in Bogota, Iga winning Stuttgart, Sabalenka Madrid, Rybakina in Rome. So these the supposed WTA new big three winning titles successively. This week in Strasbourg, we have a surprise finalist in Elena Svitolina versus mm -hmm. Blinkova. Uh, by the time this episode is out, you'll probably know who won that title. And in Rabat, we have uh, Bronzetti and Grabber. Sloan Stevens making the semifinals of that tournament, but unable to make the final. Svitolina came back in Charleston, and she's been playing consistently since. With a couple of good results now, this in Strasbourg, a great result. And if she wins... Just in the span of a month and a half, she'll be back inside the top 200 of the WTA rankings. Oh, Iga is, uh, as we talked about last week, 
the the favorite, obviously. She's a two-time winner at Roland Garros. You talked about this I last did. Week. She's uh, nobody's tougher at the moment on clay. But this year feels a little bit different. There are real contenders at the top, Sabalenka and Rybakina, and there is a whole host of other women who can excel here. Right, and her draw isn't the kindest. No. She's got Barbora Krejcikova in the quarter in the round of 16 at this tournament. Mhm. So let me talk about Babs for a second. I love this woman. She oh. she wrote an essay in Eurosport like in the style of a player's tribune essay. Mm-hmm. And she said after she won Dubai, she feels that she was forgotten, that she was swept aside for this alleged WTA big 3. And she's reiterated several times that she feels that she and many other women are contenders just like this this big three. She said, quote, I believe that I can do well again and I can get another major title. And she adds that she thinks she has bigger and better weapons on clay than when she won the singles title two years ago. So watch out. I mean, she hasn't had an amazing clay season, but she is confident and she knows how to win here. There is nothing you like more in a player you stand than confidence and self-belief. Exactly. I don't care if Babs was ranked 200. If she said, well, I'm part of the big three too, I, I'm with her. So are you saying you love Yelena Ostapenko the same? Because nobody has more self-confidence no, but I do, on I, this planet. I do admire her confidence. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Let's talk about Ostapenko for a second. She's the 27th. I promise I'm really not trying to give you these oh. lead-ins. I talked no. about Babs and then you're like... I mean, if there's a segue, let's take it, you know? I'm always working on transitions in my writing. <laughs> Ostapenko is the winner here in 2017. She is erratic. Mm. She's great on clay. Mm-hmm. Great in doubles right now. Mm-hmm. But... She has not reached the fourth round at Roland Garros since winning the title. And she has four first-round losses at this tournament. That's what I mean by erratic. And she's come in in great form before and suffered really disappointing losses. Right. I, I also think, though, that she's in the most consistent stretch of play in her career. For One of them, a yeah. while now. But she has a very tough section, which we will get into a little bit later. I mentioned Sabalenka and Rybakina, who won titles. Rybakina being in Iga's half is unwelcome. I mean, either would have been, but Elena must have so much confidence right now. Anjabur, titleist in Charleston. Again, she wins Charleston and then goes 2-2 two and two on clay since then. So not great results. Um, and she opens against Bronzetti. So Anz has got to be ready to hit winners. Because Bronzetti is going to be getting every ball back. Right, but you've told us for years now that when you play the week before a slam, it's a trash idea, and as such, your tennis will suffer. (laughs) No, if you're a top player, I don't think you should play the week before. But you want to know something interesting? Lucia Bronzetti has played seven clay tournaments since April. It's only the end of May. She's played ITFs. She's played WTA main draw tournaments. Uh, She was a runner-up in uh, an ITF in France, and she's currently a finalist in in Morocco. Yeah. Anyone else in the in the your main contenders? I mean, I'm sure there's tons of them. I think that those are the main ones. Unfortunately, Paola Badosa had to withdraw from the tournament with injury. She'd been playing consistently, but when you talk about that alleged big three, and then you have 
Krachikova, you have Ostapenko, you have Jabur. I think those are uh, the main ones. Had Bencic gotten better preparation for this tournament, you can't help but put her in that discussion as well, even though the receipts from her career say otherwise. Bencic, as a runner-up in Charleston, did not play another clay tournament. She's coming in with a not ideal preparation. I wish I could put Coco Goff in the list of contenders. She was a runner-up last year, of course. She just uh, hit a little skid, a little rough patch. She's only won three matches on clay so far this season. She's doing great in doubles. Mm-hmm. Her and Jesse have reached two big finals in doubles. But it's decidedly the opposite in singles yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pagula could be up there. Uh, Martina Trevisan was a semifinalist. Excuse me? I, I, I mean, I hate to say the name, but... <laughs> what? She was the semifinalist last year. And she has good results this year. Okay, so I'm not w- saying so was Zidanechuk at one point. Like yes, and she had to qualify. This she time. did. Like Trevisan may have her hands full with Svitolina in that first round. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Maria Sakari, somebody who's made a semifinal at Roland Garros before. However, she opens against Mohova. Like yikes! That is one of the worst draws of any seated player that you'll ever see. Well, who are some of the people just below those main contenders that you could see making a run? Maybe Beatriz Haradmaya. Mm-hmm. Martova, a quarterfinalist last year. I think realistically, that's as far down as you go. Do you want to say somebody like Dasha Kasatkina? Maybe. I hope I'm not being crazy here. But Petra could do some damage here, I think. This tournament... Typically, is one where you see a lot of crazy things happen, especially in mm. recent history. Partly because for for a good while now, you've been having I don't want to say hardcore specialists or surface specialists on the WTA tour, but you didn't really have a lot of carryover results, especially from Australia to the French Open. Ons made the final of Wimbledon and the U.S. Open, and then she tells us that clay's her favorite surface. I mean, this is something we've wondered about on the show before because she's known as an all-surface player. Like, which is her favorite? Which is she best on? Mm-hmm. I don't know which one she's best on, but she's told us now that clay is her favorite. She feels that, unlike the other surfaces, she can show up on clay without any match preparation and feel good. Right. She doesn't need the match play to feel comfortable on court. Which is why the first round loss last year was pretty devastating for her. Because she was a favorite as well coming mm-hmm. in. But my point in saying that is... With the mayhem that's often happened at the French Open on the women's side, it's kind of uncharted territory for recent recent seasons to have the penthouse of the WTA occupied by women who are expected to now do well on every surface, with the exception of Iga at Wimbledon. And still, that could that could turn in a dime. Totally, totally. So you had all these women doing well in Australia. Sure, Iga didn't progress as far as she would have liked, but she's won the U.S. Open. You have Rybakina, Sabalenka now winning titles on clay, doing well in the Sunshine Double. Like, all these women are here. Every week, Mm -hmm. they're the favorites. They're the best players on the WTA Tour. And to think about who the contenders are, you have to start with them, period. And so it becomes harder to imagine a situation where, sure, you'll have a bunch of seeds having some chaotic results in the first week, but you expect reasonably so to have these women there come crunch time and we could be proven totally wrong but it seems like there is some more stability at the tip top 
that's just sort of appeared quite recently, you know, within the last six months. But those three women have continued to win titles across different surfaces as we've moved into clay. So we'll see. As you get, you know, stronger players at the top who are consistent, a surprise winner has to go through a few of them. Mm-hmm. To what we saw this with the big three and big four era. It was just too much of an ask to go through several of those guys. And we haven't even spoken about Caroline Garcia. Right. The number five seed. Who is on her her home turf and is expecting big things from herself at this tournament. Mm-hmm. She opens against Wang Ziyu, which is a tough ask. Up and coming Chinese player. But at this point, she's been in the top ten now for a while and she believes she she absolutely has to be somebody you look at she's won i mean she's reached a quarterfinal here before she's won three singles titles on clay of course she's won the doubles title here at roland garros do you want to get into the draw itself sure let's do it Iga Swiatek, the number one seed we still don't know her health situation she had to withdraw or retire i should say from her match in rome and she hopes to be 100 percent fit but we just we don't know that's something to keep an eye on. Right. She says she doesn't think it's a problem. She has, uh, you know, it's smooth sailing probably to the fourth round. And then she can meet Krichikova, Vika, Andrescu, Kalinskaya. That's a tough little section there. Right. Vika opens against Bianca Andrescu. That's another first round match. If the Sakari Mohova match was rude, then this one is rude part two. <laughs> yes. That said, Bianca hasn't had much match rep. She hasn't, but she's so unpredictable, right? Vika has had a ton of success in doubles during this clay swing. She's reliable for uh, a surprising result at a major every once in a while. Krejcikova won only two years ago. As I said, not a great clay season so far, but she believes in herself. In this quarter, you've also got Coco Gauff and Galina Kalina who just made the final, right? She just had to retire from the Rome final. Yep, yep. There's Madison Keys, who uh, opens against Kaya Kinepi. Yeah, that would be rude part three. Another unseated player nobody wants to see. Probably the original, the prototype. Then there's Veronica Kudemirtova. Goff was the runner-up last year. Um, she might have to play Yulia Graber in the second round. She's currently uh, a finalist in Morocco. In this quarter as well, you've got Mira Andreva. Keep an eye on this young lady. She's made the, I think she's the Australian Open Junior Champion. So I lied. She's the runner-up at the Australian Open Junior Tournament this year. Yeah, this this is why we live fact-check things. Mm -hmm. I paused the episode, had you double-check it, now we're back. (laughs) But she's parlayed that into a fourth round at Madrid this year where she beat a bunch of top players. And she's got a sister, Erica, who is 18. God, all these young women have sisters. If you thought... The Fruvirtavas, they're coming. The Lindas, plus the the extra Linda, the three Lindas, (laughs) and now you have two Andrevas. It's giving Maleva. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Moving on to the second quarter, this one is anchored by Yelena Rybakina. Finally has a top four seed. Iga was recently saying it's been, uh, well, annoying to have to face Rybakina all the time because her ranking wasn't high enough because of the lack of points for Wimbledon. So she just continues to win, is now a top four, gets her own quarter. 
Right. And so Iga would potentially play her in the semifinals. Right. Which is reasonable at this point. However, Rybakina opens against the younger Fruvirchava sister, Linda's sister, Brenda. And look who could be in the second round. Another Linda. <laughs> Noskova. But Linda Noskova plays Danka Kovinich, uh, who I believe, wasn't she the runner-up in Charleston recently? Like a few years ago? Pause. Okay. Let's check this. And you were right. How yeah, do you, how was, do you remember that? I don't know how I remember that. Uh, it was 2021. I think that was the year they did two Charlestons. Remember? Mm. It was, you know, it was weird COVID yeah. times. She lost to Veronica Kudermatova, actually. I try my best to do my homework for this episode. I don't know how Donka is currently playing, but she has <laughs> excelled on this surface before. Um, who else do we got? Shelby Rogers is the 32 seed. Starts against Petra Martic, who I th- I feel you could classify as a dark horse here. For the entire tournament? For going deep, at least. Okay. She's been there before. Yeah, she's yeah. made a quarterfinal at least here before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if her current form is where it's at for that. She recently year. had a big win. I think it was at Rome. Let's pause again. <laughs> I swear I won't continue to do this. Yeah, I, it was actually at Madrid. She made the quarters um, beating Krejcikova and Kalinskaya and then losing to Iga. Mm-hmm. So is the point that you're trying to make here that all of these top players, even though they're favored to make it to the second week, had still better watch out? Yeah, and obviously it's a cliche at this point. Like, there are no easy matches in majors, blah, blah, blah. But it is kind of true. I mean, some of these opening rounds will be easy. But on paper, they at least offer a little bit of mystery. Mm-hmm. Beatrice Haradmaya, she opens against Tatiana Maria. You mentioned that she won a tournament this year on clay. Right. This woman uh, repeated as the champion in Colombia. She was a semifinalist at Wimbledon just last year. Annette Kantavate is back. If you recall, she had to take some time off for most of the start of the year uh, to deal with her recurrent injury situation. She opens against Bernarda Pera. Mm-hmm. You're jumping down to the next section. There were a few things that I wanted to point out. This is the second quarter. So <laughs> okay. like you can still point them okay. out. I'm just talking about first round matches of intrigue. Okay. That same little section where there's uh, Haddad Maya, Diana Schneider opens against Rebecca Marino, the Canadian. Uh, Diana is a college player. She made the second round at the Australian Open. She is literally just coming back from the NCAA championship. Her team, her school, NC State, uh, came in second to UNC. They're ACC rivals. Diana won her singles title. Now she's here in the French Open main draw. That was a bunch of gibberish to me. These UCC, ICC... ACC is the Atlantic Coast Conference. I don't know what that means. It's a conference. You know I what understand that it's a conference, but how am I supposed to know who's in it? I'd, I'd only, I read how, this. How do you know this? Because I, I prepare. It's not because you just know no, which I didn't. schools I are in which remember. conference. No, I, I used to watch college basketball. I did, but I couldn't remember if they were SEC or ACC. Okay. But moving further down, Donna Vekic starts against Diana Stremska, who qualified for this tournament. Vekic, honestly, like has an opening here. The other top seed in her little section is Petra Kvitova, who, yes, won Miami but has only played one match on clay this season, and it was a loss. I mean, Petra won Miami, unexpectedly. (laughs) So at this point, I just expect the unexpected from her. Fair, fair. Anshabur, number seven seed, is right at the bottom there, starting against Bronzetti, as I said. 
Kirstea is the other seed in her section. She's the number 30 seed. Anything but that. <laughs> Honestly. I cannot abide. So, the quarters here from this top half would be Shvrantek Goff and Rybakina Jabor by seed. And by seed, the semifinal matchups would be Shvrantek versus Rybakina. Which I feel like we deserve. I would, I would love to see it. Although I'm not rooting against Babs, ever. Uh, or Aunts. Right. <laughs> aunts Babs would be just as good for me. Mm-hmm. In the bottom half, the very first slot, Maria Sakari against Muhova. Sakari, as you know, made the semifinals at Roland Garros in 2021. Probably should have put away Barbara Krejcikova several times. But she birthed a, a Grand Slam winning singles. singles. Karolina Mukhova is the definition of dangerous floater. She's somebody who has been a top 20 player before. And a lot of people love her. Like, she's kind of a boutique player. No, 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 it, no. no. Well, I feel like that's demeaning. No, I no, I think there's because like I something like... really uh, bespoke about her. <laughs> Do you no, know what I mean? No, but my point is she wouldn't have to be bespoke or... What's the word you used? Boutique. Boutique, if not for injuries. Yes. I feel like yes. if she were unencumbered by injuries, she'd be a routine top 15 player right. in tennis. Period. Don't look past Sarah Irani. My God, this woman does not quit. I'll she, give her, she, she, I'll she give her sure that. She sure is not inclined to. Come hell or high pasta, she will <laughs> not quit. Magdalenette. I think I, you just came up with the title. We're talking about what is the title of this episode? (laughs) Come hell or high pasta? This episode is not about Sarah Arani. Um, Moving down a little bit. Magdalenette is the 21 seed. I keep having to remind myself that she was a semifinalist in Australia. This has completely escaped my memory. Um, I do not remember it. Do you have to remind yourself or do I have to remind well, you? Well, this time I was like, I feel like Lynette was a semifinalist, but I better not get this wrong. So I looked it we up We literally again. had an argument on the coach for about five minutes. And I said, no, that's Because you're like, why is Lynette ranked so high? I'm like, because she made the semis in Australia. And you're like, that didn't happen. I was like, the what, the doubles? That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> we even, when we tell you that when tennis results happen, we immediately forget them. We sat there in the same positions on the couch Trying to remember who won Miami. <laughs> it's true because... <laughs> and it took no, like because almost five minutes. <laughs> I think it's because this is kind of work for us. So we remember all this stuff. We research. We do the episodes. And then it's kind of done. I don't know. Lynette starts her tournament against Layla Fernandez. Who, again, had to remind myself she was a quarterfinalist here last year. Clara Towson I'm going to give that one to Magda Lynette. Because the results have not been Based good on form for right Lila, now. Yeah. Yes. Clara Towson could face that person in the second round. Shout out to Clara Towson because she's back. Career derailed by injuries for a while. Qualified through this tournament. Has had quite a few good results lately. Of course, somebody that we've been watching for a while. So uh, I would not be mad about it if she takes out Miss Sasnovich. Mm-hmm. Even though I know you're a big fan. I do like her, yeah. Belinda is the 12 seed. She does not have much practice on clay aside from the final in Charleston, which seems like a long time ago, almost two months now. This leaves a big opening for someone. Maria Sakari should make it through to the quarterfinals. Mm. But, uh, I mean, there's Begu, there's Lynette. There's also Podoroska. Yes. There's Sarah Arani, as you said. And there's also, for Belinda Bancic, 
there's gospel great Kim Burrell that she may have to beat in the second round. Indeed. So this is a, a weird little eighth of the draw for me. How really hard to call. We've got number 15 seed Samsonova, the runner-up from 2021, Pavlyuchenkova. That seems like so long ago. Yeah, who is uh, who's starting against Linda Fruvirtova, the other sister. One of the big matches to watch in the first round, Potapova against Taylor Townsend. Yes, Taylor Townsend qualified for this tournament. She's just gone to see Beyonce. Like, who knows? Really? Yeah, who knows how many tennis superpowers that will give her in this <laughs> tournament. Samsonova is a killer. Mm. As she is the one seated to reach the round of 16 here, but you never know. Further down, we've got Elisa Matins, who won doubles in Rome with her partner Storm Hunter. Used to be Storm Sanders, now Storm mm. Hunter, like Tornado Hunter, like the greatest name. Like, how do you do that? Did you select your partner to, like, not lose any, like, name coolness? Right. Like, your first name was already a noun. And then you married someone, so, like, your name would be a compound noun. <laughs> Matins is the third round queen, as you know. So let's just let's just write her in there. But lower in that section, we've got Cornet versus Georgie. You really can't write a better first round if you like WTA drama. I would have my ass parked. Indeed. I would miss everything else going on to make sure I got prime seating for that match. Like, you know the tennis Twitter girlies are going to be there. Well, hey, she's a home court queen, Miss Miss Cornet, mm-hmm. so maybe she will get... I assume that will be minimum a long law assignment. Yes. And she tweeted today that this is, I believe, her 19th appearance at Roland Garros. Like, she deserves that court. Right next to that is Danielle versus Jesse Pegula. A rough draw for Pagula as as a top seed. But Danielle, again, like Belinda, has not played since Charleston. Danielle is also someone who can come out swinging. Mm -hmm. She's also somebody who you just quite never know how she's doing physically. Right. Even with stuff that's not publicly announced. You know, I feel like we often find out after the fact that Danielle has been dealing with some stuff. Yeah. Which is not a knock on her. It's more like a... Well, maybe consider that if you're wondering why her results have been kind of haphazard lately. Oh, yeah. Like, there are multiple medical conditions that she deals with. But she's become a player who can come back from a break and play really well. So even if Jessica Pagula gets through that, then she potentially has either Cornet or Georgie in the second round. That's a bit hectic, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's a little too much uh, drama early on for my liking, if I were Jesse. That finishes that second eighth in the bottom half. Second, wow. A lot of fractions here. The third eighth. Or the fourth quarter. Let's let's say the fourth quarter. <laughs> Did I even do that right? I don't know. Uh, no, the third, yeah, okay. So the third eighth starts with Caroline Garcia against Wang Ziyu. Tough, we mentioned that already. And then her third round opponent would be Trevisan or Svidalina, potentially. Mm-hmm. So in this section, we've got two, the two finalists from Strasbourg currently, Blinkova and Svidalina. Svidalina starts against last year's semifinalists, not Trevisan. <laughs> not that, my favorite. That's who beat Sloane Stevens in the quarters last year, remember. A tough little section here. Yeah, but you got Dasha Kasatkina opening against Yula Niemeyer. Okay, let, 
Let's just pause and talk about the hell that is this section. The Ostapenko-Kazatkina section. It's a lot. Peyton Stearns was a runner-up on clay earlier in Bogota. Still playing well. Vondrosova is a former finalist at Roland Garros. She opens against Alicia Parks. Right. Alicia Parks. Kazakina starts against Yula Niemeyer, who reached, uh, what, the quarterfinals of Wimbledon last year. Like, there are a lot of landmines here for somebody ranked as high as Dasha right now. Pretty much the entire bottom half is a complete shit show. It's a complete (laughs) wide open space for anybody to just string a few wins together. It finishes the last eighth with Karolina Pliskova open against Sloane Stevens. Come on. Honestly, that, like, that's the third like, one. That's Sloan, the third rude matchup. Sloane always draws seeds when she's unseeded. And Which you is were saying often. it was rude for, for Pliskova to have to play Sloane in the first round, not vice versa. It's just rude period for either <laughs> of them. But I guess it's what Sloane deserves for not winning. For enough. Based, based you know, like this ranking. is what happens. Sure. You run this risk. Uh, like I said earlier, Zidanechuk qualified. She was a semifinalist two years ago here. She opens up against Zhang Qinwen. I mean, Sabalenka has, a you know, for a number two seed, it should be a pretty friendly section, and it is. Except for the opening match. Yeah, Marta Kostiuk, tough out. There's also this added level of kind of awkwardness. Uh, and I don't want to minimize what's going on by calling it awkwardness but it indeed is part of it she's capable caustic is capable yes and so it's just not a comfortable first round period right but and has also been outspoken about how she believes russian and belarusian players mm. shouldn't be playing at all so by seed the quarterfinals should be sakari against pegulo i would be well i don't bet money and i recently unfollowed somebody who has made their entire tennis life about betting but <laughs> Um, I would say it would be unrealistic to expect that to hold. Right. Sakari versus Pagula. And then you'd have Garcia against Sabalenka in the other quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. Garcia would have to get through people like Trevisan, possibly Ostapenko, Dasha Kazakina. That's that's a tough ask, too. Yeah, I mean, you get to a quarterfinal with Ostapenko and Sabalenka, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen you, there? You know they're going to be hitting you get to a fourth round and Sabalenka has to play Jung Chin Wen. And Chin Wen is like, well, now is my time. I'm sorry, boo. <laughs> like, what do you do then? Right. You sit there and watch and enjoy. Okay, we're back from break. Getting into the men's draw. Before we do, well, for one, let's let's do this quickly because we have to watch the Gilmore Girls. Not Gilmore Girls. The Maze. people who did the Gilmore... <laughs> the people who wrote the Gilmore Girls, they did The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And the series finale is tonight. Yeah. Which we have to get to. Surprisingly, this final season is its best. I've really, really enjoyed it's it. It's been really good. Also, while I was on my break, I finally read that total shit show of an article by the New York Times on Alexander oh, Zverev. Yeah. Wow. What? The What a middle school book the report. The on-court and off-court drama of Alexander Zverev? Crazy. Uh, like they did a little preamble saying, you know, he's been through this, that, 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 that. Yeah, then, and he was like investigated by the ATP and they found no conclusive evidence, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like five questions. And then the questions, they were like questions that an agent would have written. Exactly. It seemed like they were emailed and yes. the agent answered them. One of them is, with everything you've been through over the last several years, from your personal problems to your injury, 
What's the most important thing you've learned about yourself? How do you think this answer is going to go? What the hell? How do you think this is going to go? Quote, when you're young, you're naive. You think everybody's your best friend. That they're there because they really like you. But tennis is a business, which, unfortunately, is not always the nicest thing in the world. I have a very close circle. I don't let people in that much anymore. I only have people who I, who I truly trust 100%. I had to learn to go into myself, to get the noise out of my head, to be able to compete. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Let's celebrate the fact that such an insipid question got a very revealing answer that everything that happened over the past few years was other people's fault. Right? <laughs> madness. It says so much about him. It really does. Utter madness. Well, you know what? He has semifinal points to defend from this year. He's at, what, like number 26 because he's failed to defend pretty much everything so far since he came back. And if he does not defend these Roland Garros points, then he'll be down in the 70s, per my calculations. Oh, okay. Which is generous for where he belongs. Mm. This The men's tournament, uh, Rafa's absence is looming over it. Whether or not you want to admit it, it is, to my mind, the story of the 2023 Roland Garros the man has played 18 straight Roland Garros tournaments. He's won 14 of them. Five of those titles were in his 30s. He has won many times coming back from injury. Titles that looked extremely unlikely. He's only withdrawn during the tournament one time. He's lost twice to Djokovic, one to Soderling. Like, this is the kind of dominance that's never happened at a, at a major tournament in tennis. And now we're coming in and we have some clear favorites. But the clearest favorite's not here. Right. What strikes me the most about this tournament on the men's side is the fact that for the better part of a decade, the discourse surrounding men's tennis has been, who is the GOAT? Who will be the GOAT? Who will finish with the most slams? Federer's retired. Rafa isn't here. Novak Djokovic has the opportunity to win his 23rd Grand Slam title. And I'm hearing crickets. I'm not hearing anything about it. I haven't seen anything written. It's the radio silence around it is crazy to me. And I don't want to sit here and analyze why that is. That is not interesting to me. No, but does it feel like he's gotten thrown over for Carlos? That, I think every, obviously that's what it feels like to everybody's me. Everybody's gotten thrown over for Carlos. Yes. If Rafa was still in this draw, you'd get token like, well, he's still the king of clay until he isn't, but... <laughs> right. Novak, for the first time, as you said, is going for his 23rd major title to break a record. A men's or record. Or really extend the men's record. He's not healthy. If he were healthy, I would put him as the clear favorite above Carlos, only because he's done this multiple times. Mm-hmm. He's beaten the best on clay. He's won Roland Garros. Regardless of Carlos's titles coming in and his confidence and his competition, I would have put Novak as a clearer favorite if he wasn't injured. It appears that he is injured. He's had a really rocky clay season where he's appeared very unhappy, pulled out of Madrid, hasn't reached a final. Yes, all of those things are true. I still don't know if I wouldn't put Carlos ahead of him. Mm. Because since Carlos came back from missing the Australian Open, he's done pretty much everything you could ask of somebody to continue to prove themselves. Pretty much. Winning, defending titles. Like, that stuff's incredible for his resume. Yeah. 
He's won titles in Buenos Aires, a finalist the following week against Nori, uh, repeated at Madrid, repeated at Barcelona. Who were the clay winners this year? Well, as I said earlier, there were 15 titles. You want me to go through all 15? Just give us the highlights. So Alcaraz has won three titles. Nori beat him in the Rio final when Alcaraz was injured. We got TFO winning the U.S. Clay Court Championships. Echeverry was a two-time runner-up on clay. Rublev won his first 1,000-level title at Monte Carlo. Uh, Huna repeated at Munich. What else? Daniel Medvedev wins his biggest clay title in Rome. Medvedev, by winning Rome, knocks Djokovic to number three and made it possible for Alcaraz and Djokovic to meet in the semis before the final. Chaos. And correct me if I'm wrong, if they were to both make it that far, it would be the first big-time matchup for the two of them in a big tournament. I think so. Medvedev, who is the number two seed here, by all rights, he has earned it, has lost in the first round here four times. However, he has also made a round of 16 and a quarterfinal. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that by winning Rome, he's put a lot of that behind him. Yes. Sure, you still want to see him do it. You know, at the actual tournament, but you have to give him the grace of his recent results. Yes. Uh, I don't want to forget uh, Jari won Santiago, and he's also a finalist in Geneva. Grigor Dimitrov beat Taylor Fritz today to reach the final in Geneva. His first ATP final in five years, I saw. What? He's he's an old man now. We just (laughs) have to face it. Baez won Cordoba. And then I looked at the clay titles last year, and there were a lot of men who won clay titles both last year and this year, including Runa, Rublev, Rude, Alcaraz, of course, uh, Nori, and Baez. Surprisingly, Stefano Tsitsipas has not won a clay title this year. He reached the final in Barcelona, losing to Alcaraz. But, I mean, he Tsitsipas kind of comes in with something to prove as well, mm-hmm. having been the runner-up two years ago. Did you know that there are six players, four on the men's side, two on the women's side, who could leave Roland Garros with the number one ranking? Yes. Yeah. I saw that. I clicked on the article, tennis.com, to see who those six players was. And by the third paragraph, I clicked out of it because it's like, this is way too much mathing for my head. (laughs) Too many contingencies. (laughs) Just tell me who it is. (laughs) The favorites, allegedly, to leave number one are Sabalenka and Carlos. Okay. But we shall see. But those four men, there's Carlos, there's Novak, there's Medvedev, and do you know who the fourth one is? I do, Which yeah. blew my mind. Stefanos. Why? How? What has he done for it lately? I don't do math. <laughs> Consistency, I guess. I don't <laughs> What else is going on? On the men's side, uh, Felix is kind of down bad. And injured. Yeah. He's got shoulder pain. He had to pull out of He's... his last match. Right, in Lyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been against Fies. And he's only won one match on clay so far this year. Not great. Like, uh, his countryman Dennis is in a similar position, has only won one match on clay. Uh, what else? The other, I mean, the other major contenders to me are all in the top eight. Runa, the way that this kid competes, like, I think you'd have to put him in the, like, the second tier. Mm-hmm. Like, first tier is Djokovic Alcaraz. And then I see, like, another group. You see? Where do you see Like, it? Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Runa. That's, like, the second group. Mm-hmm. I just mocked Tsitsipas 
for the potential of him being number one, but get to number one and win this title. If you are to be number one, do it this way. Like, fin- finally do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is an opportunity for him. Yeah. And Kasparud was the runner-up to Rafa last year. He also made the U.S. Open final and played very well until, I mean, he was even in a position that he looked like he was going to win, and then he just got run over by Carlos. But I I don't want to discount Casper's chances here. He's been playing better in spots lately. Right. He's got a lot of clay titles, but mm-hmm. they're all 250s. Luca Pui, that's a, that's a story to watch. Yeah. He qualified. He's currently ranked 670. He uh, opened up about his struggles with substance use and depression a few months ago. It was really cool to see him qualify here. And he gets to open up against the guy he beat in the final round of qualifying. Lucky loser. Yeah, which has, I found out, has only happened three times since 2000. Players missing from the draw, of course we said Nadal. Andy Murray pulled out, Berrettini, uh, Pablo Carreño, Marin Cilic, and Nick Kyrgios, who he said he was injured in uh, like an attempted car theft. Did you see this? I saw it. I did not read it, though. Yeah. Uh, I just saw the headline. Yeah. Never a dull moment. Matteo Berrettini is back on the court. I saw that today on Twitter. He, yeah, he, I saw that. He announced it, showed a little video thing of him practicing unencumbered, allegedly. So he may be back for grass. Okay. Let's get into the draw here. Of course, as the number one seed, Carlos is there at the top. In his uh, little section, there is this interesting first rounder, Shapovalov versus Nakashima. Nakashima uh, reaching the semifinals in Lyon, uh, just lost today. When you say interesting, you mean it's high upset alert. Uh, Definitely. Dennis is so unpredictable. He has not had a good clay season, but sometimes he gets up for these big matches. Lorenzo Muzzetti opens against Mikhail Emer. Why is that notable? (laughs) Oh, I guess we... Let's talk about Emer now. This was in the etc. section. But this week in Lyon, he was playing Arthur Fies the young Frenchman, Emer was really upset about a call. A ball landed on his side. He continued to play the point. Emer's return shot went out. And then he argued with the umpire about, check this mark. And so the umpire said, no, I'm not checking this mark. And he got very, very upset. And he lumberjacked the chair. After the completion of the game. Yes. We've seen the lumberjacking before. Uh, Pliskova was the prototype. Zverev did it, I guess, even better. Mm. Uh, after a doubles match, he was defaulted from the singles tournament at that that event in Acapulco. Emer was defaulted immediately. This was uh, in the first set. He was defaulted, uh, and people are going to be on high alert to see if his punishment is disproportionate to other uh, white players. Zverev was defaulted from singles, and he was fined $40,000. So we'll see what happens with Michael. It's not the first time that his temper has gotten the better of him. He has developed a minor reputation for this. Not not to this level. But, uh, you know, a lot of folks were on Twitter saying, well, the, the umpire needs to be fired or needs to be disciplined. That's stupid. It's like, okay, just you can say you don't agree with the rule, but the umpire didn't actually do anything wrong. If you want the umpire to check a mark, you have to stop the point. And it's the same concept in places that have Hawkeye. You know, if you object to where a ball lands and how it's called, 
you have to stop the point and ask for a challenge. It's the same on clay. That's what happened. Okay. Felix opens against Fonini. Yeah, not great. Not great, Bob. I don't love it because that's another high upset alert match. I do not have high expectations for Felix at this tournament. No, but I enjoy watching Fabio lose. So this is hard for me. (laughs) On the other side of that section, Sebastian Corda is back and starts against Mackenzie McDonald. Uh, It could be an opportunity for Mackey, depending on what kind of form Corda is in. He's been away for a little while. I think it's safe to say that that's a fairly friendly first quarter for Carlos. Yeah, in the round of 16, he could play Cam Nori, and it would be their third meeting on clay this year. They split their first two. In back-to-back weeks, I remember that, in South America. Exactly. Stefanos is the potential quarterfinal opponent for Carlos. That's tough, like the number one seed drawing the five seed as the quarterfinal opponent. Yeah, I think that, I think, yeah. I guess Nori isn't ideal, but... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when you get to the final 16, it, it is what it is, right? Sure. The big story, of course, is that Novak is on the same side of the draw as Alcaraz and could meet him in the semifinals. Novak uh, starts against Kovacevic. He has Cecchinato in his section, who was a former, what, semifinalist here? That's many, many, many moons years ago. ago. Many moons ago. Yes. Davidovich Volkina opens against, against Arthur Fis, who is a wildcard, but who will be playing in the final in Lyon. Davidovich was a quarterfinalist in 2021. You are you quite enjoy watching. Davidovich I do love play. him. He loves animals. He falls down a lot. Let me tell you, when you go to the U.S. Open this year, you need just to, you need to just find out when he's playing because it, it will be on an outer court, <laughs> and you'll be able to sit right courtside and watch him do crazy slides and splits and listen to those sneakers squeak. <laughs> I did that last year, and it was it was quite fun. I watched him play. I believe. Who's um who's that dude who's like so fit and like oh, chiseled? Oh, uh, Fuchovic? Yes. Yeah. Bautista opens against Wu Yibing. I believe there are three Chinese men in the draw. That's not good for RBA. No, I haven't really heard much from him recently. And Clay is not his bag. No. Goffin and Horkach in the first round. Goffin, who at one time was... A real, well, maybe not a contender, but definitely a very difficult player on the surface. Vavrinka opens against Ramos Vignolas. That's, that'll be tough for him, I think. Ben Shelton opens against Lorenzo Sonego. Look, look, Ben has done his best to get acclimated to clay. He immediately went to Europe in the spring, didn't shy from playing clay court tournaments. A lot of folks, Chris Eubanks included, went and did a lot of hard court play after Miami. Mm-hmm. Ben went straight to the red dirt, tried to get a feel for it. We'll see if that pays any dividends here. But, but that's a tough first ask for yes. him. And that's after getting himself a seed. A number of top 30 players pulled out. Ben gets the number 30 seed, but draws a pretty difficult first round in Sonico. The French viewing public will be <laughs> interested to note that Manorino opens up against Hugo Humbert. Yes, Umber has recently won two challengers. So the winner of Shelton Sonego gets the winner of Manorina Umber. That's that's a lot of potential mileage for whoever gets through to the third round. Yes. Likely to play Rublev. Rublev, who won Monte Carlo, who's been a quarterfinalist twice at this tournament. 
So that second quarter, it would be Djokovic-Rublev in the quarterfinals. Semifinals by seed Alcaraz and Djokovic. It's just a lot of ball bashing that's required for him to win over five sets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I almost feel like for him to win a slam, his shoulder may not survive. Bottom half, number six seed Runa is at the top here, starting against Eubanks. Uh, Runa, like the sky's the limit, honestly. I th- honestly feel he could be the finalist on this side. Oh. Not that he will, but, oh. but he could. It's very easy to see a world where that happens. The sky's the limit in this tournament or in his career? Well, Are you saying he's going to win 24 slams? <laughs> right, right. He's been one of the most consistent players on clay this year. He won Munich. He won the same tournament last year. He was the runner-up in Rome. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a Paul Rudd round of 16. Paul Ru- Oh, this sounds like Paul Rudd. <laughs> oh, is that why you say it? Yes. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Gael Monfils is playing the main draw, starting against Sebastian Baez, uh, who is a clay titleist this year. Runa's third-round opponent could be Katsmanovic. We're looking at a potential Runa-Fritz fourth round. Now, remember, Fritz is the nine seed, yes. He's only ever reached the third round at Roland Garros. So the, the history is not great. That doesn't mean he can't do better this year. He also just lost to Dimitrov today. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's necessarily something that's going to hold him back. I think what might hold him back is playing somebody like Sarundalo in the third round. Yes. I don't think it's his, it's his acumen on clay. I think he's good enough to have a decent result. It's He's just not like a top player on clay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like John Isner playing clay. John Isner, who's won Houston several times. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, Tommy Paul, uh, number 16, Tommy Paul. Wow. Could play Nicolas Jarry in the second round. Not great. A uh, winner in Santiago could be the winner in Le- uh, Geneva. Tommy Paul is like your favorite player now. Is sorry, what? <laughs> Who said that? I feel Who's like who has been saying that. The Tommy Paul aesthetic is maybe your least favorite aesthetic in all the lands. Oh, <laughs> like we were watching any number of TV shows and be like, mm, I don't like him. He's giving me Tommy Paul. <laughs> That frat he just, bro. He looks very American. Jan Leonard Struff, the Madrid runner-up, starts against Lehechka. Uh, another, you know, another real contender to make the fourth round instead of the top seed in that section, Tommy Paul. Botic, number 25 seed, Munich runner-up. He's in the same section as Kasper Ruud. I do kind of expect another Runa Ruud matchup. In the quarterfinals. It is what we deserve. It, it is. And I I think that's the safest bet here. Is it Yannick Sinner's turn? No. Why so definitive? Uh, because he's 0-6 against Daniel Medvedev. Okay. Well then. Is it <laughs> Borna Chorge's turn? Maybe. Borna has been rocking this long hair. He's definitely got like an 80s tracksuit look about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw his recent photo on Instagram. I've been defending the long hair. For a long time, but when the long hair gets wet, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have a lot of volume. It I, gives wet rat. Wow, I don't. And that's not something I want to say about Borna. I don't have a problem with the long hair. I actually, I kind of like it. I lo- and I, I like the attempt. Yeah, because for so long, all we got was the spiky, the stubble spike, the longer spike, the bald head. You know, like it was very monochromatic for much of his career. <laughs> well, if Gregor. Is coming in on a high. He 
could possibly play center in the third round, that would be a big win. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, wow. he'll barely be able to get through the final and then start playing best of five tennis. Recent track track record with Grigor at slams tells me that this is... And on clay? Well, fair, yeah. fine, fine. I would love it for him, but I just don't see it. Number 22 seed, that guy, who reached the semifinals last year, starts versus Lloyd Harris. There's Hugo Gaston, who could appear in the second round. Hugo needs to, he needs to make some money to pay that ATP fine, because I have never <laughs> seen a fine like that. Uh, we talked about this last week. It is hefty. Like, do you think it was too much? I'm not able to say whether it's too much or too little. I just know when it's too little. And too often, the misdeeds and the wrongdoings of these men have been met with too little. Yes. Yes, that's true. It's the type of things that are punished that we need exactly. to be really yeah. vigilant about. Francis Tiafo versus Krajinovic. But in the second round, looming is the qualifier Aslan Karatsev. Or Popperin. Yes. Yeah, that's tough. It is very it's, it's, tough. It sucks for Francis. for Francis. And that kit, man, that he's been wearing all spring. Hmm. I wonder what he'll debut at the French. Did you see what Liam Brody was wearing? Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. I too. don't know why Andy Moore was trying to be all weird about it. Oh, Andy has, you know, I know that's they like have his a thing. weird humor. No, but I know whatever. he and Liam have their yeah. weird thing that mm-hmm. they hate each other and they're always in each other's comments. <laughs> but it felt, it felt homophobic to me. <laughs> Like that you was, have this dude wearing in the style all of... these pretty colors, so many colors, and you're going to be like, Ugh, what is that? <laughs> Ugly, hideous. Ugh. He who only wears white and a solid color. And l- let's not talk about the gray years. Like, the years of gray. Andy Murray. Like <laughs> Liam Brody is over here trying to light up the world. And support gay rights. Yes. Okay. To, to be clear, like the homophobic comment was said in the style of Sydney Sweeney from The White Lotus. <laughs> before you all say we said that it was a joke. But Dad, what if Grandpa was a power bottom? Oh my god. <laughs> That's I've watched that scene so many times. It is so sick. Who wrote that? I know Mike White did, but right. and maybe a team of writers. But that scene, if you had sat me down five years ago and said this will air on TV. On Prestige TV. Mm-hmm. I would not have believed it. Uh, back to the draw. Borna Chorich, the 15 seed, starts his tournament against Federico Coria, who was a runner-up in Argentina earlier this season. Dominic Team is playing Kachin, could face Chorich in the second round. That would be, that's the second round match that I have circled here. Mm-hmm. Borna Chorich against Dominic Team. Chorich uh, reached a quarterfinal and a semifinal. In the last two Masters events, he said he was really proud of his achievements there, and he could be building some momentum again. British model Jack Draper is back on tour, <laughs> and he opens against somebody who's had quite a few good results recently, Echeverry. Yes. Alex Diemenauer, I swear, I I forget that Alex plays <laughs> tennis. Like, I never, ever hear about him. Ever. Well, outside except, of Australia. Except for when he's in Australia and right. losing frantically to Novak Djokovic. But he like he has not been playing badly during the clay season. I looked up his results, but like I have not heard a peep about him. Nobody mm. talks about him. Nishioka against JJ Wolf. If that's your kind of thing, go for it. Uh, I'm told it should be good. <laughs> okay. Medvedev starts against Tiago Zebot Virge. 
from Brazil. Last time we talked about Tiago was in the context of a criminal proceedings against him. Uh, his ex-girlfriend accused him of physical and verbal abuse and brought charges. This was in 2021. I can't find anything about this. I have no idea what happened mm. in this case. Medvedev, I feel, threw a wrench into prognostications for this men's side. Yes. Because to do what he did in Rome was very impressive. To rewrite his clay court narrative, the narrative of his career, and maybe continue to do so at this tournament, it creates a big vacuum. It's a huge question mark. Because mm -hmm. if, he, if he brings that to this tournament, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> He's very trolly. He likes doing stuff like that. I will say that it was a stroke of genius that Daniel chose to win Rome at that time <laughs> to uh, to depose Djokovic to set up this semifinal from hell for Djokovic and Alcaraz. And he, you know. So in this bottom half, the quarterfinalists by seeding are Holgaruna against Kaspar Rud and Yannick Sinner against Daniil Medvedev. And that's it because we're not making any further projections. Yeah, I, and I got to edit this whole thing, so let's not make it too long. But what we will do is invite you all to participate in a body serve racket bracket. We got this email from the French Federation Tennis Association International. Yes, Bernard Zinichelli himself. <laughs> saying, hey, renew your racket bracket from last year, which I believe we must have done one on the through the official Roland Garros channels. Yes, we did. But we just couldn't figure out how to do that. No, but this year it's it's like a fantasy draft. It's not like a real bracket. Oh, well, so we're so, not doing. So you said. But then, <laughs> <laughs> we in in January we ran a racket bracket through the TNNS app, the tennis app, and we're gonna do it again there. Yes. So we invite you all. I know this may not be enough notice, sadly, for a lot of y'all. We announced it on Twitter. Those who participated in australia that's a an ongoing league so you can play from week to week against people in the body serve tennis app league we haven't been doing it personally no. we only did the australian open but uh maggie has been winning a lot of tournaments i just saw yeah so congrats to her so sign up for that do you want to give the instructions on how to do it sure yeah sure first of all you have to download the tennis live app so that's t-n-n-s live so the code is laver-ace-9494. That's and how you find our league once you have the app. Not slash, but dash. Laver-ace-9494. Yeah. Got it? Okay. Um, we only have a, a couple things to talk about now. A Simona update and then Breakpoint 2. Part, yeah. Breakpoint Part 2 is coming. Uh, Simona tweeted right after we stopped recording uh, last episode. And then she tweeted again. She tweeted again. Uh, first was she heard that they were intended to delay her hearing again. The second tweet was a confirmation that her hearing has been delayed again. Yes, I believe that players deserve a speedy resolution. I do have to wonder what else is going on here. Uh, I don't like the... Implying that there may be a reason for the delay? Well, I mean, they just revealed new evidence about the biological passport. It's not really surprising that it was delayed again. That evidence just came out. I don't like the participation of Patrick in this spectacle, because it is. It's a spectacle. It's just, it's odd. Presumably, Simona has a lawyer. 
Yes. Presumably, but this behavior is not giving that. I I and don't would know. Think, and I think it run contrary to advice a lawyer would give, which adds to the perplexing nature of this social media output by her and from Patrick. This is a very serious charge. The thing that she has tested positive for is very serious. Uh, and the other thing is that if she's going with, yes, I accept that you found this in my bloodstream, but it was a result of contamination, there's still a ban for that. You will still have to serve a significant ban, although you may be found at no significant fault, as they call it. You remember Maria was also found at no significant fault, but serve 15 months. Like, you're in ban time. You're in time served. So why not just sit tight? That's my opinion. And I don't have anything further to add <laughs> because I'm, I'm all cried out <laughs> about this situation. Yeah. Uh, finally, Breakpoint uh, revealed the release date and the content of their final five episodes. Can I just ask, like, who is this show for? We know this. It's for non-tennis right, people. Right, but they didn't watch it. Okay, so, well, that's a problem for the show going forward. It still got renewed. It must have very low overhead. I am shocked that it got renewed with a lineup like this. Listen, maybe the part two is riveting. Maybe, but it, it did not dominate the charts like the golf one did and the F1 did. Anyway, episode six, we've got... I'm, I'm, let me just say, I'm shocked. I put this on the agenda and this your most hated topic in all of sport that we've covered... In the nine plus years of this show, you went and added to it? You did research to add stuff to well, it? Well, I mean, we had to be informed. No, usually you're like, I'm not interested. I don't care. I'm not doing anything for that. I feel a, a certain freedom because I don't think, I actually don't feel obligated to watch this and cover it for the podcast anymore because I don't think enough people care about it. Well, it'll be released and we'll be traveling in Europe. Exactly. So, so not no, no, watching no. it. It's like airplane no, watching material. No, I watch Elton John movie on airplane. I watch a good <laughs> movie, okay? Anyway, episode six, Tom Lanovich and Kyrgios at Wimbledon. Perplexing. Uh, I mean, Kyrgios, <laughs> obviously, I get it. But uh, it's strange. It was a strange decision to follow Isla. Oh. Although the... Are you the, sure this is correct? Yes. The business okay. center was the only interesting thing. Why about, is Kyrgios on here twice? Because they're both Wimbledon. There's oh, okay. another Wimbledon episode with Javor and Kyrgios. Okay, both finalists, but I don't want to see Kyrgios ever. Uh, there's an episode about Isla at the U.S. Open. Well, Isla got a lot of play on this series. Right? Well, they, they could not have foreseen that she would be the last person to ever beat Serena Williams. That's what episode eight is. They, and why you will not watch it. Probably. They surely lucked out with that because the, when I say the business center was the only interesting thing about the first two episodes, that is not a compliment. That is no oh the first two episodes yes. yeah 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 and it looks like again the final episodes will get slightly more interesting as they did in the first part we've got Shantek and Tiafo at the U.S. Open and then finally Fritz and Sabalenka at the finals who won the men's final I don't remember I don't pay attention to the yeah. ATP finals I don't care about that tournament yeah, as why you is know Fritz there oh okay Sabalenka got it would watch her uh, again. I don't know who the show's for. The golf, like the golf series profiled Rory McIlroy, five-time major champion Brooks Koepka, uh, Dustin Johnson. Well, four-time then. Now five times. 
Dustin Johnson, uh, Fitzpatrick. Joel Damon. What's his face? Um, Justin Rose. Tagala. Even the, even the players who weren't top players they profiled were very interesting. It's just, it's not happening for the tennis show. I'm so sorry. It's not happening. I think maybe you're too close oh. to the product. I just don't think it was very good. Well, we shall <laughs> see. Maybe part two will bring all... It'll change my mind. Yeah. It'll, what do you, what do you call it? Mm-hmm. It'll bring all the boys to the yard. It'll... Yeah. Well, it's off to watch Mrs. Maisel. Let's hope her and Susie have a nice happy ending. Yeah, I don't think they will. Um, and uh, you're out here thirsting after Joel all season, very, which was a very a strange turn of events. Very upsetting for me, too. Happy French Open. I hope it's filled with a suitable amount of drama, but not too distressing. Not the kind of dra- drama and trauma that makes you want to leave tennis. That happens quite a lot, you know, <laughs> but, you know, just... Easy breezy, beautiful cover girl stuff, mm. you know? My name is Jonathan. You can find me on Twitter at tennis underscore John. And I'm James at Elliot JMR. Two L's, two T's. The Body Serve can be found on linktree.com slash the Body Serve, where you'll find everything Body Serve related. Don't forget to download the tennis app, TNNS, and join the Body Serve Racket Bracket for the French Open. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Thank you very much. Thank you.